0: We're in our series of the DNA of a New Testament church in our 50th anniversary year, looking at some of the key things that need to mark a genuine biblical church, that which we need to not forget. We do not have to degenerate, go down like human institutions do because the church is not a human institution. It's made up of humanity but saved humanity and is is the body of Christ. But we must take heed to so many different truths that directly affect the church. Last week I started in on the matter of the importance of Uh, Biblical separation and the church, and this is going to be the second installment of it. As you, uh, if you were here, you realized I went through much of it quickly, and so we'll zero in on some here more this morning. Over these last 50, 70 years, we have had some of the greatest uh, change in Christianity that's ever been seen, as far as uh, time and in substance, uh, that's been found around the world. It's amazing here in America. And it is also significant that our church in its 50 years of existence has been in existence during that time of change. And I thank God that Paul's Baptist Church still believes what it did the very first day uh, it opened. And uh, that's something, folks, we need to be so grateful for. It shows that a church can weather all that is going on around them There has been change, obviously, in our culture to a secular pagan society, but we've also seen in Christianity, in evangelicalism, the word evangelicalism means those that believe the Bible and believe in salvation by faith alone and have the doctrine of salvation right. Those are called evangelicals. Now, we are on the conservative side of that, where we believe as uh, fundamental evangelicals, we ought to be holding to the faith whatever price we have to pay. It's got to be held to. Uh, But... uh, Uh, But uh, evangelicals have changed dramatically and uh, there's so much that could be said. 55 years ago, McCall's magazine reported on a survey of 3,000 Protestant clergymen. The article stated, A considerable number rejected altogether the idea of a personal God. 55 years ago. Uh, God, they said, was the ground of being, uh, the force of life, the principle of love, ultimate reality, and on and on. A majority of the youngest group cannot be said to believe in the virgin birth or regards Jesus as divine in the traditional way that most Protestants were brought up. Now we're technically not Protestants. We're uh, we <coughs> believe in you know in the, the basic New Testament church, which we've talked about, but. Uh, that gives you an idea of what has happened in America. Now, folks, I don't have the time to do the review I would like to, but from last week, let's remember the doctrine of separation is not negative, it is positive. We are separated to Christ, and we ha- we're escaping all that will wreck our lives and our families and our churches. It's exciting. Uh, It is just like in marriage. We separate ourselves to our spouse for life. We separate ourselves to the great bridegroom as the church. And uh, we are his. Therefore, the world is behind us. And there are just things that we believe and things that we will not participate in because we are Christ. And uh, we have the blessing of knowing him. And as I quoted from Leviticus 2026 20, last week, and ye shall be holy unto me, for I, the Lord, am holy and have severed you from other people that ye should be mine. Second Corinthians 7 1, please, if you'll turn there. I'm just going to read through those verses and we're going to move on here today. But I want to remind you of the very personal reality here of this very strong separation passage. Our text in uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 7 was verse 1, having therefore these promises dearly beloved let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. What promises is he talking about? Look back with me verse 14, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord has, hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And those that do not believe the truth. And what uh, agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell with them and walk... In them, and I will be their people, and they shall be my people. We will know his presence, folks, when we go to him rather than what we want. In other words, we are separated unto him. We, we do not allow ourselves to compromise the truth. And he will dwell with us. He will walk with us. He will be our personal God. We will be his personal people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And here you have the promise of his fellowship. And then verse 18 and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. We are in his family, and when we are uh, going according to his truth, the Spirit of God is working, we are aware of that family relationship. Everyone longs for a good family, don't we? Well, friends, no matter what situation you're in, you're in a good family. The family of God, if you are a believer. But you know, a lot of believers don't enjoy it. Because they don't, they allow too much of the wrong thinking and pollution of this world to affect their lives and they are not in that genuine, unhindered relationship with God. And in verse 1 of chapter 7 it says, Let us, based upon all of this, cleanse ourselves from filthiness, all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. And we started looking at that and we mentioned that it is an action of the will little girl was learning to ride a bicycle, and she did quite well until she had to stop. The only way she could ever stop was by running into something. So she was constantly picking herself out of the bushes and off the sidewalk. How many of you ever did that? I did a few times. That's, that was embarrassing. But anyway, well, though she knew she had a, a, uh, a on, uh, uh, coaster brake on her bike, she just didn't use it for whatever reason. And folks, it's an action of the will. So often we know we should not, we should stop allowing those influences into our life, but we don't, and boy, we run right in the wall. We wonder where God is. We wonder where the fellowship with the Lord is. Well, it's because we're allowing ourselves uh, to be darkened by Satan's world. Oh, so much could be said. But let's look now at separating ourselves from um, back in chapter 6 uh, from, the, uh, from those that are teaching falsehood, false teachers. I went through a number of verses. I'm going to go a little bit more detail this time. A farmer pointed out to his friend his thriving cock, uh, crops and his uh, very healthy livestock. Uh, his companion was especially impressed with the beautiful sheep that were in his pasture. He had seen the same breed before, but never such attractive animals. Curious, he asked the farmer how he had managed to raise such outstanding sheep. The answer was straightforward but profound My friend, I just take good care of my lambs. That went to my heart as a pastor. We must stand for truth for the lambs of this church, for the children, for the new converts. We cannot let leaven. We cannot let wrong living. We cannot let compromise with truth come in and confuse and taint and destroy the lives of the little lambs. That's what it's all about. A shepherd goes after the wolves. Shepherd doesn't care. Any, I mean, You may be a wolf lover, but he doesn't care. He's not going to let the wolves tear up the sheep. And... Uh, the Lord Jesus is the great shepherd I have the privilege of being an under shepherd and I'm telling you I agree with him I don't want wolves around the, the body of Christ and that's really what we're talking about our country has just been racked with this problem 88 of the first 100 colleges founded in America were organized to promote the gospel and the claims of Jesus Christ Bible believing colleges Every collegiate institution founded in the colonies prior to the Revolutionary War, Revolutionary War except for the University of Pennsylvania was established by some genuine church group. Uh, even the University of Pennsylvania, the George Whitfield, the great evangelist, had such an influence on them. They built the building to accommodate the crowds that were coming, and there's still a statue today of George Whitfield at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, that's not The gospel is not being preached at any of those aforenamed institutions. Oh, a little bit of compromise here. A little bit of allowing the nose of the camel to get in of unbelief. We can hold the line. Oh, no. History makes it very clear. Satan is very powerful. And the minute minute you lose your full adherence to the word of God, your family, your life, and the church will be hurt. Pickering, Ernest Pickering, in his great book, Biblical Separation, says this about the roots of modern religious liberalism. That's uh, unbelief. claiming to be Christian, but not. Preeminence of human reason over divine revelation. Religion is natural, not a supernatural revelation. Like Immanuel Kant pushed the ability of mankind from within without God. The essence of religion is just simply some kind of consciousness of some kind of God. The continuous change and development of theology, progressive, ever heard that term? Progressive is the new is the better in our way of government or in the church. That's what they believe. And frankly, it is a humanistic view of the Bible, secular humanism imposed upon the word of God. Folks, each of those points I gave you, we could illustrate and go into detail. But the minute you allow human reasoning, even with wrong forms of systematic theology to come in, you are on the way down. And Satan's going to do everything he can to keep us from a genuine walk with the Lord where we have faith in the Word of God and faith in the Word of God will always put you outside of natural thinking. Because God's ways are not man's ways. And what God says goes against the flesh, and it goes against culture. And, but yet, his ways are perfect. He's the creator. He made us for him. It's beautiful and glorious what we have in this book. This is uh, everything we need to know about how to live. And Satan tries to question it. And so, when we are faced with uh, those that teach the wrong thing, they are to be tried. That was the first point that we looked at. Now, it's very important that we have biblical discernment. 1 John 4, one, beloved, believe not every spirit. By the way, did you know religions have spiritual things happen, but it's the wrong spirit? Did you know that Christians can even have emotional experiences and get off doctrinally and it's not, it's not the right spirit? Uh, because many false prophets have gone out in the world the apostle John says under inspiration for instance in Arlington, Virginia a pastor said we have closed our minds to such trivial considerations as to the question of the resurrection of Christ if you fundamentalists wish to believe that nonsense we have no objections but we have more important things uh, to preach than the presence or absence of an empty tomb 20 centuries ago pastors a church and I'm telling you right now, all across our community, there are dear people, sincere, but they're sitting under liberal theology and they don't even know it. And things that they believe are just being undercut, things that they were brought up to believe are being questioned. And that's what the Bible calls false prophets. And so we must stay in tune. Folks, one of the reasons we've got to walk in the Spirit, one of the reasons we've got to be right with God is the Spirit of God is the one who gave us the Word of God. He is the one who uh, uh, is in us. And so if we're walking in the Spirit, we can understand everything we need to know and we can evaluate all falsehood from the genuine. You can know the counterfeit by knowing the genuine. And so we must know the genuine. And so when we hear things and when things would come into our church, it rarely does, uh, we can't allow that to occur. We can't be involved with different groupings. We can't be involved with community uh, situations where there are religious uh, organizations there that do not preach the whole counsel of God and who question the the key doctrines of the Word of God. I've been invited to many things. Now, we're very community-oriented. We do all kinds of things in the uh, secular realm as far as the sense of uh, non-religious. But when it comes to religious get-togethers, if there is going to be uh, look, uh, looking like we feel that, uh, are like a brother with someone that doesn't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I have f- forfeited my responsibility as a shepherd to do that type of thing. And we as a church will not, have not, and will not in the future uh, do that by God's grace. We are to mark them. We must not allow division in the church. Romans 16, 17. I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, their own desires, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the heart of the simple. One of the problems we have today is all of the information on the Internet. And folks, be very, very careful you Google God and you'll get everything. Or Bible. And just like doctors don't like it when people try to self-diagnose themselves, and I think it's good to do that some, but you don't know what's true and you don't know what's not true, okay? Well, especially when it comes to uh, biblical truth. And um, so we are to mark. We are not to allow uh, any kind of falsehood to begin to spread within the church of the Lord. Our unity, and I believe in unity, it must be based on the truth, Ephesians 4.13, till we all come in the unity of what? The faith based upon the word of God and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man under the stature of the fullness of Christ. Yes, unity is always based upon a kindred belief in the word of God. I can't go anywhere in the world and not find thousands of believers that believe like I do. Just and we don't even have any connections, but we believe the same book. We have the same salvation, and it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And this has been a problem all along. Back in 1910, there was a significant world missionary conference, which John Mott, of tremendous. Uh, a dedicated evangelical Methodist layman had a passion to evangelize the world, and there in Edinburgh, they they had uh, um, all you know all kinds of folks from around the world, but they had a fatal flaw. "...in order to secure the participation of every individual and get on with the missionary task, a decision was made to exclude discussion of questions of doctrine or church polity with regard to which the churches taking part in the conference differ among themselves." Well, at that time, they were pretty much all conservative evangelical Christians, but that ill-advised decision allowed apostasy, liberal teaching, undermining false prophet teaching begin to come in and that group now is completely non-biblical. And so you have to have unity based upon adherence to the word of God. And then they are to be rebuked. We are not just to, to let it go. Folks, if some kind of false teaching begins to affect any church, it's got to be dealt with. And it's got to be rebuked. We're not, listen, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't get mad at people. It's Satan that's behind that. And we have to rebuke that which is not right. Titus 1.10, For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. And that was just twisting so many things. Whose mouths must be stopped and go down to verse 13. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply. That they may be sound in the faith. So we are; they are to be rebuked. And so, uh, we—if you deal with the truth—W. A. Criswell. And yes, there is a connection to the Criswell, Mrs. Criswell there, or Mister, Pastor Criswell, uh, who's with the Lord now. But uh, he was the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, pastor of the Great First Baptist Church of Dallas. And he wrote a book, Why I Preached, that the Bible is Literally True. However, teachers from Southern Baptist colleges and universities voted to rebuke the Southern Sunday School Board for publishing and promoting Dr. Criswell's book. Well, why did they do that? They said if the, if the publishing of it might leave the impression that Dr. Chriswell's stand was the official position of the Baptist Sunday School Board. You see, liberals had gotten into the churches, some of them of the SBC, and uh, had gotten into the schools, which is always the first place they go, like we talked about the colony schools and so forth. And they were in the pulpits, and they were now degrading, just like what happened with uh, Spurgeon, the downgrade controversy, the view of the Word of God. But what I want to encourage you is, W.A. Criswell never wavered on that. Even amidst of all that pressure, he kept that book going and he preached to his church and that church uh, continued on believing that the Bible is the inspired word of God. Churches can weather denominational, we're not part of it, and we're independent, but, can, but with ch- we're still influenced by churches. It doesn't matter what anybody else does around folks, we must obey the word of God and stand for it. And I use that as an example that we still revere his name and use his commentaries today why he believed the Bible was true. Listen, throughout church history, it always gets down to the Bible is true. It's the authoritative word of God. Tradition, man's thinking cannot change, alter, or be added to the word of God. And that is always the dividing line. They should be removed from fellowship is the next point there. Ephesians 5.11. Uh, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather uh, reprove them. Um, Years ago, a man was espousing doctrine uh, here at our church a number of years back. Only, I think, one or two people here would remember this. But he espoused uh, the doctrine that undermined the Trinity. He saw the Godhead as unity, Jesus-only movement. And a very confusing movement. But he was beginning to spread his views. He was not yet a member, but wanted to be. And I remember a very long and very straightforward talk our deacons had with this man. We wanted to reach him. I believe they were kind and fair, but there was a point at which he was, you could tell that look in his eye, he was going to affect people. I mean, he, he, he wasn't going to back off. And I'll never forget a couple of those men rose up there in that meeting and said, Falls Baptist Church believes in the Trinity. And that is a core belief of this church. And uh, we, we love your brother. You're not, whether you're saved or not, I don't even know. But they said, but you cannot be, you cannot attend this church because you are aggressively trying to undermine the doctrine of the church. And, they were re- and he was removed. Our deacons did the right thing, by the way. By the way, it's very important to de- as deacons. Uh, we haven't had to do that too often, but we have had to do it. And so, uh, we have to uh, watch out for truth that is dis- or falsehood that is disseminated. And they're not to be received. We uh, uh, cannot tolerate any attack on Christ or his salvation. Second John one ten, If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. speed. For he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. you got to understand, all these different attacks really get down. It's Satan's way of getting people trapped in sin of one type or the other. Just to show you one thing, uh, uh, the director of ministerial studies at Harvard Divinity School, Reverend Patricia, Bud Heifler, (laughs) uh, said, Eve's eating of the apple in the Garden of Eden was the first free act of the human race. We ought to recognize that act and celebrate Eve. She began the process of freedom. That's wicked, folks. That's that's the hiss of the the devil. You see, we're the church of the living God. Jesus Christ, the head of this church, we are his body. We cannot tolerate Satan's uh, attack upon Jesus Christ. We must be loyal to him. You say, Pastor, you're pretty strong about this. I'm not half as strong as I really feel about it and ought to be. Uh, This church, the reason we enjoy the fellowship that we have is that over the years, uh, there has been those that have stood for the truth here. And then secondly, disobedient, disorderly brethren. The problem you have is you will have believers uh, who and other Churches and leaders who themselves believe like you do, but they're associating with the people I'm talking about. They're giving credence to those who undermine the word of God. What do you do about that? I gave this quote, I think it's on your page there, of Dr. Harold A. Ockengay of Gordon Divinity School. He said, In this present great apostasy from New Testament Christianity, we could see a sign which will warn us in believing that Christ's coming may not be far away. There has always been some measure of apostasy, and at times that apostasy has been great, but not as it has been in the last 50 years. and that was at the midpoint of the last century. Now why did I pick him? That's a great statement, by the way. In a few years, here is what he espoused, because, after World War II, he wanted to keep uh, fundamental evangelical Christianity still mainstream. And so he he espoused changing the strategy from separation to infiltration. Emphasis on intellectualism, remember about man's reason? And acceptance of the academic and scientific community as peers. Strategy of positive proclamation without dealing with specific error. Not dealing with specific leaders or institutions that are undermining the local church. Diminishing the importance of personal separation. Embracing of the social gospel. Does social something sound uh, up to date today? As a, I won't go into all of that. For the ministry instead of uh, the Great Commission. And repudiating the dispensational interpretation of the scripture. Denying the coming of Christ and so forth. That's the same man that made that statement a few years before. Now folks, our hearts are deceitful. That's a good man. His church seemed very separated, but he started a movement of compromise that has just uh, infiltrated evangelicalism and just hurt us. So this is the tougher part. What do we do about ministries that we know do believe the Bible and uh, are preaching the gospel, but they are associating with and, and adopting much, uh, lots of what's part of these different unbelieving movements. Well, we have got to not be a part of that. Second Thessalonians 3.6, now we command you brethren in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which he received of us. Uh, we cannot fellowship with those who accept apostates as, as fellow believers. Does that make sense? this really I should take another hour on this one. I could probably have installment 3, 4 and 5 on this, but uh, at least want to give you the I- idea here. I know this very personally. Let me read a quote from my own dear father. My father was the first independent Baptist in the state of Florida. I remember 26 years ago, this was back in 1979, when I faced leaving the denomination of my parents and felt the pull of my heart and, re- and relatives and friends. This had been his life. All the arguments that were used about my future. I thought that I was destined to be obscure, tucked away, starving to death for life. But I know that when I made that decision, when just a boy, it made me. I found out where God was. I found out that his promises were true. I became aware of the reality of faith. And so did all the people who were with me at the time. Since that first coming out, we have had to come out of a number of things. Taking a stand does something for us. So our maturity is proven by our strength. Our strength helps others. They lean upon it. He was just sharing his heart. My father was about ruined by the convention at that time. And again, by the way, there was a conservative resurgence in the convention uh, in the 70s and 80s, so my dad was dealing with the convention as it, it went to a low, and then it, then it got better, and people like Adrian Rogers that you've appreciated on the radio came out of that era, and we thank the Lord for him. So I don't want to, you to misunderstand, but th- these are very real issues, and um, and uh, Dad, I, I could go into all that happened. God did a miracle, brought a hurricane so that they could. Uh, vote out. That's quite a story. I've told you that before. So we are not to have company with them. Those who are clear, clear, clearly disobey the truth and are divisive must be dis- disciplined. People will come in and start pushing. Remember as First Corinthians talks about this person or that person or this movement or that movement. And uh, we have to as a church uh, evaluate is this compromising? Are we um, dropping what we really believe in every area. Listen, every area of truth is important. Some are more impactful than others, but we must, the minute you drop any area, knowing that it isn't, you're operating in a way that isn't fully biblical, you're in real trouble. And so, uh, first, uh, 2 Thessalonians 3.14, if any man obey not a word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. And then, of course, you've got to uh, uh, separate from those that live in op- open sin. And it's just so sad you have to reject them. Uh, Titus 3:10, a man that is a heretic, that's schismatic, after the first and second admonition, reject. Just like moral impurity in a church will corrupt the church, so will doctrinal impurity corrupt the church. They're both cancers that have to be dealt with. And a lot of it folks is uh, what we call uh, contextualization. That leads me to the worldly philosophy and practice. Obviously I've run out of time. But we must not be conformed to the world because the world's thinking is based upon secular thinking, not a biblical perspective. And we are not to be conformed to this world but transformed by the renewing of our mind. In other words, we need to be a living sacrifice as Romans 12 says. And let me read you a quote by a evangelical that was fighting back at what Akinge was dealing with and seeing the corruption that was coming into so many churches. He said, New evangelicals have specialized in sidestepping con- controversy. What we need, according to many of these leaders, is not confrontation but contextualization. What is required is not merely a practical application of biblical doctrine, but a translation of that doctrine into a conceptuality that meshes with the reality of our social structures and the patterns of life, dominant in contemporary life. What he's saying is our, he is rebuking what is going on and trying to take our message and fit it into a pagan, uh, try to merge it with a pagan secular culture. You can't do it. The world is that enmity with Christ. Christians, why do you think so many Christians have been martyred? They won't bow when it comes to truth. And what's the pressure? Well, it doesn't matter that much. Just be like, just fit into the Roman culture. Just fit into the Greek culture. Just fit into the medieval culture. Just fit into whatever culture. And now it's the American culture. My friends, you can walk into evangelical churches in Frankly, you don't know whether you're at a pop concert that's downtown or actually in a church. And because they're, they, are, they are incorporating uh, that kind of, uh, uh, of um, just methodology into their church. Let me give you a quote, and I'm going to have to finish here. Revival never causes people to give the world the benefit of the doubt. Here's the key. Give the reality of people coming into the fullness of the presence of an holy God. That's what, that's what we want. We are crucified to this world, Satan's domain. Listen, folks, when you got the real thing, you don't want the counterfeit and that which the world gives. That's why we pray for a reviving. When the presence of God is in a church, truth becomes real when you're seeking Christ, these things are no longer a problem and you can see what is untruth. We realize the hiss of the serpent. And so revival never gives people, never causes people to give the world of the benefit of the doubt. Every time I've seen a move of God, people want to live holy lives. People are hungry for the truth. People are willing to sacrifice for the truth. They are willing to take their stand on the job and do it in the right way. And they're willing to... to uh, go into whatever difficulties they have to go into to be loyal to the truth. Now, folks, again, I've had to go through so quickly. We have entire courses on what I'm talking to you about, but I wanted to give you just a taste of it and let you know that Falls Baptist Church believes in come out from among them, be ye separate. God, we need to be. We can. But my friends, we will not, cannot, must not compromise the truth. Because if we do, we're disloyal to Jesus. He's the head of this church. And we have lost the credibility of being a church. The minute we're disloyal to the head. And many of you could give testimonies of what that's like. And friends, we're always one step away from that if we don't walk with God. And uh, may God give us a heart for the truth.